Yes, people, it's episode 222 of Griff's Brain Dumb. It's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? It is late. The podcast is late. It will be posted late. How do I know that? How can I see into the future that this pod will be posted late? Because I'm recording it late. It's 12.30 on a Monday. Bank holiday Monday. What was you doing this weekend, Darren? Why was it delayed? We were waiting. We were waiting Monday morning, waiting for the pod, Darren. Where have you been? Why haven't you recorded it Saturday or Sunday? I'll tell you why. Okay? I'll tell you why. Because Saturday, I was living. Living life. I was outside. Breathing air. Talking to friends. In person. Not on Zoom. Yeah? Socialising. And then Sunday, I just stayed in bed. That's just stayed in bed. Woke up and just didn't get out of bed. Just ordered breakfast in that's how lazy we were like we didn't even get up to make breakfast ordered breakfast in and just stayed in bed all day just watching different things on our phones playing um i was, well, I was playing football manager she was watching other things on her phone and that's it just chilled all day because i was thought do you know what i can't remember the last time i just stayed in bed i very rarely do it very rarely do. The irony is, people call me at different times of the day at the weekend, and they always try to make out they've just woken me up. To say, "Oh, you you still in bed?" I'm like, "No, I'm literally out on the street at the moment, and it's 3 p.m. Why do I still be in bed?" Whereas yesterday, if they called me, if anyone in my family called me yesterday, I've been banged to rights. But I was chilling and just chatting nonsense all over Facebook, as I do, because it's been an eventful eventful few days eventful week we're going to talk about the pod today definitely going to talk about the Noel Clark thing we're definitely going to talk about Manchester United fans protest going to talk about the mayoral elections as well London mayoral elections going to talk about that um but before we get into any of that what's been going on in my life uh, like I said I was out Saturday I was out Saturday with my friends with my comedy friends remembering that I'm a comedian I forgot I genuinely forgot. It's hilarious that the, as soon as I finished hanging out with them, I, I remember that I was a comedian and I started calling people to book gigs. It's just forgotten to do all of that. You just got into such a uh, routine of just waking up, doing the day job, doing some DIY. <laughs> that was it. I forgot I did comedy and told jokes on stage. So, but following that, yeah, but two extra gigs. Just following, just hanging out with my friends, just remembering that's what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to be booking gigs. I'm meant to be getting ready to get back into it all and just get back on stage. And so, yeah, we've been making some plans. We've been making some moves. It's, and yeah, hopefully May, June, and July will be fun. Well, actually, obviously not all of July for me. I have to know when. Uh, when the little one's going to arrive and disrupt my plants. <laughs> Is she going to be selfish and ruin my plants? Now, um, I'm messing, I'm messing. But it's hard to book anything, though. Kind of in those two weeks before. There's two weeks before, I can't commit to anything. I've even got like, my brother's wedding that I can't even commit to. I meant to be in the bridal party and I had to kind of tentatively say, um, I'd like to be a part of it, but maybe it's best if I'm not just in case I need to shoot off halfway through your nuptials. So, you know what I mean? So I can't even commit to that, which is a bit, it's a bit shit. Um, but yes, that's what I did uh, Saturday, Sunday, told you chill, did nothing. 
um, today. Uh, just doing the pod, and then we'll see what else constructive do. I think I will put up some shelves. I'll do that today. Uh, she wants me to build the bloody cot bed. Um, I do want to do that. It's just there's so many boxes in that room. I have to move so much out of the way to do it. But it should be really easy to build when I think about it. Because it should just have what? Off the top of my head. It should just be like five key parts and maybe some sliding mechanism. It would be really easy to build. Actually, I should probably stop. Get some brownie points or build something really simple. I just don't let her watch me put it together. And then she'll give me more credit when she just sees it put up. Be like, oh wow, you did that so quickly. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. We'll say that. But, like I said, what has been going on this week? Um, so I'm just taking a sip of my drink. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm drinking a beer. It's a non-alcoholic one though, but um, <laughs> it's bad holiday. Do what I want, party. But this week, why is we going on? Obviously, the Noel Clark thing. I guess that's the big one, right? Big one. Noel Clark. Twenty women have uh, accused him of varying scales of bullying and sexual harassment, um, spanning from I think it's 2004 to 2019. Uh, with some colleagues coming out saying it's the UK's film industry's uh, worst kept secret or something like that. Um, and yeah, the fallout was massive. Um, I think he's had his BAFTA suspended. They haven't kicked him out. And um, what else has happened to him? He says BAFTA suspended. He's, I think he said his membership to BAFTA suspended. Some other affiliations, like Bulletproof, they've now said there won't be a fourth season, I think. I think the information has now been passed to police. He's issued an apology. It's all, it's all got a bit mad, but let's try to take it step by step what happened. So, the Guardian article comes out. That's the news. That is the news. The Guardian article comes out. So, what do I do? Like most people who've got um, a GCSE education, I read the article. I read the article and then I formed my opinion. But what you soon found was a lot of people formed their opinion like they do without reading the article. And it was hilarious and worrying at the same time of how people really were evidencing how they haven't read the article. To the point they were saying that it's just 20 women who were upset that they got sacked or they couldn't make it in the acting world. I was like, have you seen who's made the accusations? Because there's some established actresses there and established producers and directors. And so that that's wrong. And there's a, it's, it's, a, it's a witch hunt. It's a smear campaign. Innocent till proven guilty. That's the best one. Innocent till proven guilty. I'm like, cool, that is true. Innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. But when you read the article and know his representatives and his business partner have all baited him up in this article. Because here's the thing, it, with law, right? When you're in the right, you get very arrogant, very bossy when you're in the right. You don't concede anything. You go on the attack even. You start suing. So when someone accuses you of something, you either go for the 
this is all false and you'll be hearing from us because we're going to sue you for defamation or some of it's true so what you do go is hmm we're not going to comment on this but what they did is they decided to comment on every individual allegation and by doing that they set themselves up to fail because what they did they said no that didn't happen Noel denies that no that didn't happen Noel denies that happened then they started saying things such as hmm that seemed unlikely but the worst one this was the one because i read the article because here's the thing i'm i'm a fan of Noel clark's work yep he's a black man so i understand that as black men you know we get mistreated by society especially by law accusations from white women against black men we've seen how that's worked out historically it's never worked out well for black men especially even when they're innocent now here's the thing uh that's all true but when someone asks a question such as well, when someone says that you sent them a dick pic on snapchat after a business meeting and your response to that is i don't recall that that's when you go it's like I said, I was reading the article hoping to pick holes in it going, ah, I mean, nah. I knew it was, it was a losing task, but 20 women, that's a lot of holes to pick in. But that one line there, I don't recall. When you send a dick pic, you know you sent a dick pic. You can't say, I don't recall sending a dick pic. Listen, I don't recall either means I'm not sure whether you've got a screenshot of this dick pic, so I can't deny it. Or I send so many dick pics, I don't know if I sent one to you or not. I can't confirm or deny. I don't know. I may have done, you know. I, I don't know. Like that. That is wild. That is wild to be sending pictures of your dick that frequently. Now, it's it's nuts for me. It that, that's all nuts. He the way his business partner reacts by calling around saying we know Noel's done things, but come on, guys. It's all just business, business, business. business. He was thinking about his own pocket, and the fact that people. Well, I can't say people read the article and still poo-pooed it. It's the that people refuse to read the article. Because I get, I don't trust the media, I don't trust the media. Cool, you don't trust the media. But here's the funny thing. You don't trust the media, yet you trust the criminal justice system when it comes to this. You notice that? You notice how people are just like, fuck the police, bun the police, bun Babylon. Yet, when someone gets accused... And it's someone that looks like them who gets accused of a crime like this. They suddenly go, well, we need to trust the legal system. Uh, innocent till proven guilty. I don't like how he's being judged before he's faced justice in in, 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 the, in the court. It's like, oh, so you now believe in the justice system. Is that what you're saying now? Because I believe in my own reading comprehension. And when I see my man say, no, didn't do that, didn't do that, may have done that. What? Seems unlikely, can't recall. Yes, I did that one and I apologised at the time. Uh, no, she was a bit of a flirt. You know what I mean? Start saying answers like this. Like, what, what, what's happening here? Who's your PR team that have allowed this statement to come out? That's what's baffling me. That baffled me, right? So then people still arguing for his corner. Strange. That's, that's what was really strange for me. Second one was strange now when it came to this uh, this topic. is people going, oh, you know, it's all white women accusing him. It's like, well, no, there's, it says it's a mix of, of ethnicities. Um, and some people did use aliases. Now, I think what's come out is the people did, a lot of people did use aliases were black women. And I was trying to explain to this white guy online. Um, 
Michaela Cole's statement about how difficult it would have been for black women to come out of this accusation against uh, not just a black man, but a high-profile black man. And this white guy wasn't getting going, we need to protect all women. I was like, how? listen, right? We're not even saying it's only the black women that matter. I we was just highlighting it would have been an added layer and difficult for black women to come out. And he was all lives matter in the thing. I was like, listen, there was, there's, there's no need for your input here. And, but I didn't do that. I carefully explained to him, meticulously broke it down to say, you know, as black women, they're part of two teams, team black, team woman. And coming out against a sex offender, alleged sex offender, all right, court of law, an alleged sex offender, you're really batting in the right direction for team women. You, you haven't really got anything to lose in the eyes of team woman by coming out and making this and making the accusation if it's happened, right? Uh, but as a member of Team Black, oh, you're gonna pull, you're gonna pull a black man down. You're gonna pull a black man down, even if he's guilty, even if he's actually done something. Not just guilty, he's actually done something to you. And that's the messed up thing about being a black woman is even though he's guilty and he's actually done something to these women, they would have had the question in their mind of Do I bring this up? Like, is it worth it? Is it worth bringing this guy down? Because he does do some good things in the industry. He's just been recognised for his outstanding achievement. Do I want to bring him down? There are lots of people that would find him inspirational for his work, not for his sex offending, but for his work. Uh, do I want to remove that role model? Because you got to understand, things like kidhood, adulthood, brotherhood, pivotal. They were... Uh, they weren't great movies. Of course they weren't great movies, but especially some from my generation growing up, those films were big films. They were films that actually had black British voices, urban films, London, real films that had real voices, sound like people you knew. Sound like people you've actually met from London, rather than, you know, Cockneys. There are still Cockneys in London, but they most of them moved to Essex, hence why I sound like how I sound. <laughs> but... I'm saying is it, it was an important film at the time, an important set of films that we all grew up with. So they would have had that in their mind of, do I want to bring this guy down, even though he's done something so terrible to me? I, I have to make this choice. And there's and it's, there's real, it's, it's nuts that those women had to actually consider that. Um, and I was trying to explain it to the guy that that's, that is the weight that they would have to carry to come out and say that. But he was just like, but, but all the women would have been hard for them to say something. I was like, no, not really. Historically, it's not really hard for a white woman to make an accusation against a black guy. And he was like, you know, in the current climate, it's like, what, racism? Okay, yeah, they may have been seen as being racist, but historically, it, that's never really been the case. And um, I call it like the Emmett Till effect. And case in point... Um, which we'll talk about a bit later. So obviously, so now after the whole um, no cart thing comes out, lots of people are going, "Oh, where's Ashley Waters? Why is he not saying anything? Why, why, why isn't he saying anything?" This, this one witnessing online, literally witnessing people going, "Why, where's Ashley Waters? Where's Asha D? Why is he not saying anything?" And in my head, it's like, why does he actually have to say anything? He's just his colleague. But people are like, "No, no, they're mates. They're mates." I'm like. And I had to, I realised people think they're proper best mates because they've done Bulletproof together and in Bulletproof they're best mates. 
I've realised people have struggled to separate the two. They've actually struggled to separate the two. That they because they act as best mates on screen. They're not necessarily best mates in real life, or they haven't known each other for long. I think because um, Ashley Waters has done Top Boy, and because Noel Clark's done all the Hood films, they're like they must know each other. He's like, no, not necessarily. They might have known of each other. It doesn't mean they're friends. It really doesn't mean they're friends. Hence why you can't vouch for for people you just work with. Let alone you can't vouch for someone who you don't even know. So I'm not sure why so many guys are willing to die on the cross, like die on the hill, that hill, for Noel Clark. They, they are going on like they're ready to run through walls for this guy. It's, like, it's odd. It's odd to me. But yeah, lots of people are like, where's, where's, Ashley, where's Ashley Waters? Where's Ashley D? Why is he not saying anything? What's his views on it? And it's like, what does it matter? Now, I understand... Um, actually, let me... As it's sequentially, let's go for it. So then, he does release a statement. He released a statement saying that he's, uh, he's shocked. He's deeply saddened by it all. And, and that he doesn't condone that. And he stands with the women who have made that... The accusations and then I read people online going well he didn't have to say anything <laughs> now again they're not the same people but it's just funny how people are like no he didn't have to say anything he didn't have to say anything people are like oh now watch watch how people are going to come for him now and it's like well no you can't say he shouldn't say anything he should say what does he what's he going to say and then he says something they're like well he shouldn't have said anything but it's, that, it's just showing me you can't win now I, do I think he should have said something uh, right, you could take it from two ways. One, the wider social commentary of men calling out other men and showing support for women. Yeah, okay, you could say something there. From a purely personal and selfish standpoint, he has to say something because, like I said, everyone's assumed they're best mates because they play best mates on Bulletproof. He has to say something to rescue his career. This guy's career is going down in flames and you're everyone's putting you right next to him, even though you've known the guy for a couple of years. Uh, so he released his statement selfishly because I imagine his solicitors would have been like, listen, um, here's the thing, actually. Uh, did you know about this? He's going to be like, no. Um, can anyone prove that you did know about, you didn't know about this? Can anyone say that you did? And he's like, no, I don't think so. Like Some people might be able to say I knew about it, but I don't think so. I, I met Nolan whatever year. I worked with him on this and I've only worked with him on that. So, no. Okay, big question. Uh, actually, have, have you got any skeletons in the closet? No, I don't think so. You go, all right then. Release the statement, and if he calls you, don't pick up the phone. All right? Don't speak to him. And that's what he would have done. He would have released that statement and gone, done. Now, people going, he didn't have to say anything. It's like, well, yeah. And then other people go, no, but they're friends. He must have known. That was another one. They're friends. They must have known. I was trying to explain this to some women online again. Because it's like, it's fun, and a few people have said this line. It's funny how few, it's funny how women, right, no. Now here's, here, actually, let me put this two levels. I've seen it rephrased, and I agree with the rephrasing. So, one of them is, it's funny how all women have like a story like this, but no men know a guy who's done that, or no man's friends with someone who's done that. I agree with that level in the sense of sexual harassment or inappropriate behaviour. Definitely agree with that. I think every guy knows 
some someone who's who's acted like that may have acted like that themselves. Um, you can put that down to maturity, you can put it down to misogyny, whatever you want to put it down to. But I feel every guy, if they're being honest, does something like that. Um, sp- speaking more, think about more as well as I'm older. Um, even if you haven't done anything that's had a, a, a how do I say this, like a a confirmed negative response, you've probably done something that hasn't got a confirmed positive response either. You know, so you might have chatted up a girl and you think, oh, it's it's perfect opportunity to chat up a girl because, you know, it's a man and a woman, whatever. I haven't done anything to her to make her feel uncomfortable. But then when you think about it, it's like, oh, it's the last train home. It's only you two in the carriage and you're now talking to her. And she's literally realised it's only you and her in the carriage. So if you are a nutter, there's no one coming to save her. So she's going to have to politely talk to you. See that kind of thing there where it's like you haven't done anything wrong. I mean, you haven't really thought about the whole situation of does this make her feel uncomfortable? Even if you ask, do you mind if I talk to you? She doesn't know whether you're going to accept a polite and reasonable uh, do I prefer not to. You know what I mean? Like, that she doesn't even know you're going to accept that. You don't even know if you can accept that or not. So, listen, I... So I, I things like that, like I think every guy's done something like that. Where if they had to real think about it, they've probably done something. And if your response to no, I'm going to talk to girls, then it's like, well, just you've got to think of a different way. Think of a different way. Work it out, okay? Just work it out. But um, but when it comes to the more extreme offences, though, when it comes to actual exposing yourself at work, like what Noel Clark was alleged to have done, um, you know, actually grabbing arse and and groping at work like things like that he's like okay don't you can't start telling guys you've got a mate who does that it's like no i don't (laughs) or here's the thing though as a guy i just said no i don't and here's the thing i'll I'll correct myself as a guy the most we can say is i don't think i have any friends like that they haven't showed me any um, any behaviour like that in the same way that you'd be upset if I was to say they haven't shown me any behaviour like that therefore I don't think they're a rapist I, I can't use it the other way round either I can't say you know they've uh, I, I can't confirm it either way I can't say oh they haven't shown me that behaviour therefore they are you see what I, mean? I, I can only just go I don't know you see what I mean so you've got, you've got to go with the I don't know and a lot of people say he must know he must know he knows something he knows something he has to know something and it's like, i don't know i don't know if he knows something um a bullet other bulletproof co-stars came out two of the women and were saying the uk's industry's best kept secret and one of them even gave a nod to ashley walter to say oh that's a proper guy so i'm like hmm so does did something actually happen on set then or did they know about him before they worked with him i don't know i don't know and um, again, we was discussing, it's like, oh, why do they work for them? It's because they're at work. That's their job. Have you ever worked with someone that you thought was a bit creepy, a bit weird? They ain't done anything to you. You've heard that they're a bit weird. You all joke about it at lunch when they're not there, that he's a weirdo. You know that, you know that Jeff, that Jeff from from finance, he's a bit odd, isn't he? Like, yeah, he's, he's a bit creepy. Like, you even know he just stares at your chest. Like, stares, oh, he's, he's you with me. He, goes, he stares at my balls. He's just weird. Just a weird guy. He stands too close to you. Like, all that kind of thing. 
so then you start building up this picture of this guy this bit weird or you've got that seedy boss who always wants to talk to the young grad girls hey girls he's just like oh he's such a sleaze steve he's such a sleaze and then you know steve's married but he doesn't head to the trade to go home no i've just got a hotel room some drinks if girls want to come back and hang out everyone, everyone wants to come back and hang out we all can just like uh no no steve go, go home to your wife now i mean we, we all know we've all met some sleazy people like that so but you still work with them you don't quit your job you don't report them for that's not done anything in front of you at work that's it's not illegal at work to be a sleaze so if that's the only evidence you're getting what that does is when the uh accusations come out it makes you go hmm i can see that happening really that's what you want to aim for in life yeah if you ever have an accusation you want people's first reaction to be shock you don't want their first reaction to be oh well yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean think about it to think of whatever crime you could be accused of if your family and friends reaction is <laughs> i mean huh then you need to think about how you conduct yourself in life yeah Someone goes, oh, so-and-so's been arrested for a triple murder. Their reaction should be, Jesus, what? When? How? Sorry, what? Just confused. But if their reaction to you committing a triple murder is like, (laughs) you got to think about the vibes you're giving off. But then, then, yeah, actually what does release is this statement. See some woman going, he shouldn't have said anything. Um... And then, then on Twitter, some woman came up and made a statement saying that, like, she quote tweeted his statement. It goes, oh, yeah, you're against this and you don't condone this behaviour, blah, blah, blah. Well, I've got a picture of you groping my chest when I was 15 at Soccer 6 tournament in 2020 in Liverpool. So everyone's like, huh, what? So to be fair, it didn't get much traction, but people started tagging all these like reporters and journalists in the tweet. So I was like, ah, shit, this is some crazy blowback. But I was like, mm. but all I said is I'll wait for the picture because you said you've got a picture. And I also said to her, if she, I didn't say to her, but I was saying to someone else, if she didn't mention the picture, she would have been better off. But now she's mentioned the picture, we now need to see that evidence. And if she can't find that picture, then she's going to be, she's going to look like a weirdo, right? She's going to look like a liar. And that's not to say she's lying, if she could find a picture. That's what I was thinking at the time. Only to then find out that the Soccer 6 tournament happened in May 20, I mean, May 2002. Do you know what happened in March 2002? Um, Ashley Waters, then known as Asher Dean of Sosoli Crew, 19-year-old from South London, was remanded in custody for 18 months in March 2000. That's two months before the Soccer 6 tournament. He'd already served nine months in prison and he served the rest of his 18-month sentence from that date, meaning he was in prison nine months before uh, March 2002 and nine months after March 2002 while the Soccer 6 tournament was happening in Liverpool, which means that it was impossible for him to have been the man groping her chest which begs the question what happened there was she lying and here's the thing i would like to think i would like to give her the benefit of the doubt that she wasn't lying i'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt that actually what happened 
was someone just told her, yeah, I'm Asha D. <laughs> and she's like, oh my god, it's so cool to meet you. And then this guy groped her, which is horrible, the feet. And only in hindsight, she's realised, oh my god, this Asha D groped my chest. And because she's never thought about it between now and then, or then and now, she's just stored it in her head that it was Asha D who did that. Now she's going to go into her loft, find the picture, and see that it's probably some mixed race guy from Leeds. Looks nothing like Asha D. And I hope that is the best outcome for everyone. Because the other outcome is she just completely lied and made it up, which would be terrible, and that would undermine the whole kind of progress women are making um, with this with these issues. Or worse, she did a super racism and just assumed the guy was Asher D because he was black. I don't know. I did as soon as I read the story, I jokingly said, Wouldn't it be crazy if she did a racism and it was a different rapper? And now we found out that it definitely wasn't Asher D. I'm scared that my prediction's correct, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, so that is uh, so now the Noel Clark thing's been passed to the police now, and uh, we'll see if that's dealt with. All those people want to be dealt with the court of law. We'll see, we'll see, see, it's, it's just crazy seeing all these black guys' faith in the judicial system. It's nuts. It's just, I just find it really interesting. Um, but, like I said, my my thing is this. Well, I think my um, my note to men, because I was, as I was explained to women about, you know, guys don't know their friends are like this. Like I said, we don't, uh, we, like I said, we can't say they're not, but we definitely don't know they are. Um, well, most of the guys I know wouldn't hang out with someone who they knew was like that. Now, because, um, yeah, I don't think anyone's trying to be an enabler. Now, here's the thing. Um, I was saying to her, when you say these statements that men know and they don't tell, you know, they, they don't know any guys, they say they don't know any guys like this, it creates this image that we all kind of sit around a fire and tell, tell our stories about how we sex offend and we laugh and then we swear each other to secrecy so we can laugh at women. It's like, that isn't what happens. Because, and I said, men, we have a very shallow surface level discussion when it comes to our interactions with women. Very shallow, very surface level. And I think this is where an opportunity is missed for us as guys. Put it like this, as a guy. And I said, and I asked her, go, as women, if, when something off key happens to you, you don't tell us. You tell other women. You tell your friends, you tell your mum, you tell your sister. And not begrudging you, but I'm saying if you lot aren't telling us, we're not hearing it. Because as guys, here's how interaction happens with another guy when we talk about our interaction with women. We'll say, hey, um, you uh, you went out last night on a date with that girl, right? Yes. Did you bang? That's us on how did it go? Did It's how did it go, which means did you bang? Or did you bang means how did it go? Very shallow. In that in itself, you can say it's toxic. That's the questions we're asking, but that's kind of all we care about. Um, if you didn't bang, is it leading to that? That's what we want to know. And the guy's answer would be yes or no. There won't be any details about the night. If he says yes, we're not going. Oh, what happened before? How did you get there? Nope, we're not asking that. We don't care. 
We don't care if you had sex in a bed or in a bus stop. We don't care. We just want to know whether you had sex with this woman. Then we want to see a picture of said woman so we can judge whether that was a mistake or not. That's it. Very shallow, very surface level. Now, if you used to say, no, you didn't have sex with that woman. Again, we're not asking why not. Not asking what happened. Did you come close to having sex with her? Not asking that. We're just going, oh, no. You going to see her again then? Yeah, okay. So then you're still trying to. That, that is a surface level conversation. Now, which I say is if we went deeper with those questions, when we asked your friend, did you have sex with this woman? Yes. Tell us what happened. In those moments, in that description of what happened, then we may find out how our friend moves and how they approach women. If he's saying, yeah, you know, so we was drinking and she wanted to go home, but I just ordered another bottle of drink and then, you know, I made her drink some more and she was getting pretty drugged then. She just like kind of lost her key, but I actually took her key. It's just like, then you're going to be like, what, what? Then you're going to find out what kind of people you roll with. The same way that if your guy says, oh, no, he didn't. I say, so what happened? You could go either way. You could find out your friend's actually a decent guy. You could find out your friend goes, oh, yeah, what happened? You know, we was at, at things. She had a bit too much to drink. You know, she was really keen, but I just like put, I rode a cab to hers, made sure she got in. Uh, knocked in a housemate's room and said, oh, don't just bring your friend back. She seems pretty hammered. So just put her to bed. Um, yeah, and just let her know. Just tell her to call me tomorrow, right? You find that your friend does that, you're like, oh, right, is that what you did? Okay, cool. Or you might find that your friend's like, yeah, you know, so trying to get her back to mine and then she passed out and I was, I was so mad. It's like... Okay, why, why are you mad? Why are you getting angry about it, bro? <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd find out more about your friends, but we don't ask those questions. We really don't. We have very surface level conversations. So I think that is a, a gap that we miss. We don't ask those questions. And I think it's in those questions, in those conversations that women have where they want so much details when they find out that their friend has been violated or not. We don't have those conversations at our end. So I think it's that. Um, and I think as well, as men, we could be more open to hearing women's perspectives when it comes to these things it may not make sense to us when we hear it and i think the reason it doesn't make sense is because of how we've all been socialized and all been trained to interact that it doesn't make sense because we can't think outside of the context that we've been so entranced and educated in for example you see these memes going a woman goes to a man's house at 2 a.m what does she want see now in Everyone's had to go for sex. What is she doing at 2 a.m.? Now, that is the context of the world as it is. Is that how the world should be? I don't know how it should be, but that is how it is at the moment. So when we're all so entranced in that, that both men and women read the subtext of that meme to mean, well, she must want sex. If we've already got that subtext in different situations in the world, then you can see where that sense of entitlement or that sense of inevitability comes from in certain people's minds that, well, we're here and and she's doing this and I'm doing that, then we must be going to have sex. When it's like, well, no, that's not the case. It's not the case. And then when women just go along with that, because again, that's what they've been socialized to do. And then once it's finished and then they realize, I didn't actually really like how that went. And they're left with that feeling of, mm, I didn't really like how that went. Didn't like how that felt. Mm, no. It's there we're all left like, oh, 
these women are crazy. Why does she do this? Why does she do that? It's like because we don't really have that context of that. We don't have a context of women going around someone's house at 2 a.m. and then saying, I'm not coming for sex. We haven't built that as a rational context in our mind. If, a, if you heard a woman tell that story, I went around this house at 2 a.m., but I didn't want sex. We were like, so what do you go around there for? You see what I mean? That's, that is how it's so entranced in our, in our mind. It's hard to even conceptualise that conversation happening, that scenario happening. So I think that's what we need to do. Be more open to hearing women's points of view. And like I said, I think but for us guys, when our mates are telling their their, their war stories, yeah, their, their, their success stories, let's ask more questions. Let's ask more questions. And I guarantee we ask more questions. We have more questions asked of us. Know what details you might leave out. Know what details you might add. And think about why you're taking out certain details or why you're adding certain details. And you'll probably then realise, well, actually, maybe I didn't act in the best way there. I'm not saying you acted in the worst, but it's not the best way. And I think that's what we need to try and get in our minds that we need to try to act in the best way. That's how we should be in life. Just, that's not a religious thing. Uh, I just think just, and we're, we're going to fail at doing that. Of course we're going to fail. We're humans. We're fallible. But it, if we're aiming to act the best way at all times, you know, what's the right thing to do? Act like you're being watched. Act like you're being watched by someone you care, you, you care about their opinion of you. Then, you see what I mean? You, you'll act in a different way. Trust me, you will. I think that's what we need to do going forward. Um, right, what else have we got to talk about on this project? So I had Noel Clark, that was just one line. I'm pretty sure I had three things. I had the Man United process to talk about. Didn't really see them. Um, so let me have a drink. Uh, I mean, I know what they're protesting about. They're protesting about the Glazers owning United. And it is funny because obviously you're starting to see a bit of a a schism between ex-Man United players and just former footballers. The ex-Man United players gone, look, protests make perfect sense and they were peaceful and it was all good. Yeah, it's whatever. It was peaceful. Saw Roy Keane say it's peaceful. Saw, um, sorry, I didn't see Roy Keane say it's peaceful. I read he said it was peaceful. I read that Gary Neville said it was peaceful. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but then to see uh, Jermaine Genus and Alan Shearer on match day two going, it were peaceful. And... Although I understand the fans' anger, and it might be rightly placed, I don't actually understand what they're upset about. <laughs> it's just like they've spent the second most amount of money. Um, then we they they got the Man United um, like fanzine editor to come on Match of the Day too, and he was just like, you know, you spent money, but it's the, we never had debt before. Now we've got debt, and it's just like. Was that something that you was really boasting about as a football fan? The you know, your balance sheet. That like really, like what was that? It was that what you was talking about? We're, we're debt free. Like fans are talking about that. You're talking about I want this player. Can we get them? And the Glazers have got every player they wanted. Now have they invested in infrastructure around the stadium? No, they did build a shiny new training ground, so you can't moan about that too much. So it's, it is definitely an emotive. Um, appeal, emotive process but what I do find so funny is how quickly 
these things can escalate, how quickly fans can mobilise. And it, like I said, it's just I, I don't begrudge football fans for being more concerned about the, the, the state of their club than they are about world issues like racism. Um, I understand why they don't care. But it's nevertheless very interesting how uh, just how the football authorities and how fans react to certain issues. Like I said, this ESL thing, this money thing, it's like, it was an attack on our game. Our game's almost been taken away from us as we know it. And they've managed to just get amped up, mobilised and cancelling games. Play against monkey chance in the stadium. The fans might be outside. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of out of order, but he was playing shit though. It's like what? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I ain't racist, but you know the famous, the famous opening line to a racist statement. I ain't racist, but <laughs> you, know I mean? you know, some trash is coming out of their mouth. But yeah, we'll see how the Man United protests go. But my uh, Schadenfreude is says that I don't want Glazers to sell. Um, and I want Man United to be deducted points, um, a lot of points, and hopefully Tottenham could just scrape into the top four by finishing fifth. That's my aim for Tottenham this season. All right, what else, Scott? Um, also today, this morning, uh, the wife was watching ZZ Mills' show. Um, I don't say that to make out I don't watch her show. I'd say that because that is what happened. Um, respect to ZZ. Uh, I've met her actually once or twice. Twice. Met her, I met her in, not at the beginning of her career, but when she had about 5,000 followers on Instagram. And she, it was her and Lynn May. They did a show at Pulse. And I was at Pulse as well. We, we literally started our shows at the same time at Pulse. And she was doing like her headscarf diaries. But she always, always felt like she was kind of in the shadow of Lynn. Now she's probably blown up and blossomed into her own name and and personality so shout out to her for that i don't agree with everything she says some things i think she says are ridiculous and other things she says i think are good and that's cool we're allowed different opinions but i, I find her an interesting person i like what she's done with her career now she has sean bailey the conservative mayoral candidate for the london uh mayor election and i realized that i have never even heard this guy speak before now I'd realised that I'd actually become, uh, I'd fallen foul of a standard I've set, my, I, I put upon others that, because I guess one, because I'm, I'm not voting, so I haven't really taken much interest in London, elections. I don't live in London, um, so I hadn't taken much interest in it, but I'd just gone, Sean Bailey, he's the black guy who runs for the Conservatives, I know what he's about, that's it, I'm just going, I know what he's about, I, I haven't had to hear him talk and I, I had convinced myself in my head that when this guy talks he's going to sound like a like Etonian and when I heard him talk I was like hold on this man just sounds like any any black Londoner who's 50 years old I was like this what I was like what's going on and I'd, I'd, I had convinced myself he would speak in a certain way so then that piqued my interest when I was, when I was kind of listening over my wife's shoulder. Then I was listening to what he was saying and listening to his policies, listening to how he carried himself in the interview. And then I thought, my, then I thought the fact that he's actually having this interview with ZZ Mills as well. I was just like, hmm, hmm. And then I was listening to his points and I was like, oh, yeah. 
and it was funny because you could see like the cognitive dissonance in her face where she's trying to co connect because she's faced with a choice because she went you can feel like she went to the interview with a similar mindset with mine except for i think hers was a bit more entranced in the sense of you know she probably had heard him speak and and had whatever and just gone nah not him not him right sell out whatever so when he's saying the things to her he, she's now got a decision to make of either he's i'm wrong about him and i need to change my view or he's a liar and i'm right and that's it shall we navigate the world right yes no right wrong uh, agree disagree um good bad good bad right wrong agree disagree yeah that's it and to say yes no th th those are the scales we try to just box things in and we when we have time we know things sit in between but generally our quick fires bam 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 so you can see in her face she's trying to reconcile her thought process because he's saying things and she's like yeah but people just don't believe you and then he was coming back with his facts and figures, whatever. And what I found so endearing about the guy was that he never once said, I'm the, I'm the man or the Conservative Party is the best party. He simply just went, look, you might you might read my thing and, and vote um, Labour. Totally fine. He goes, but please just, just read, just treat Labour with the same scrutiny you treat the Conservative Party and just listen to what I'm actually saying rather than thinking he's a black guy, runs for the Conservatives, you know what I'm saying. And you see, you just, just treat with the same scrutiny. And I thought, do you know what? It's very true. And there's lots of people who have this perspective in the black community that the left has taken our vote for granted. It happens in all kind of Western democracies. Um, you see in America where they said the Democrats were taking the black vote for granted. So any black person who votes for a Republican is seen in a certain way. But do you know what? That's not true though. And I don't agree with that. I think black people are more than welcome to vote for Republicans. I don't think any black person calls that person a sellout. It's your kind of Candace Owen mouthpieces where they're Stacey Dash. They're just rolled out just to say inflammatory things about, uh, about black people. Um, and now it's guess it brings up a conversation should these conversations be had just in black spaces between black people where we can have that kind of democracy and diversity of thoughts and then you kind of agree there's some things that you keep in house and you don't really say outside when I say outside so you're on national TV and you're saying things like that make that that murder wasn't racist now you may generally not be and you should be able to say that it's, it's sad i think you should be if you're a black person you should be able to say if you think something's racist or not and you shouldn't just be like i think it's racist because that's what everyone else thinks and that'll be kicked out of the race um but there is a certain tone or there's a way to deliver it in, and there's a way to deliver it in the sense of god i don't think that incident is is was racist but I'm not denying that that racism exists. And I think where you, your Candace Owen type characters is like, they'll just deny the whole thing exists. So she'll say there's no issue with police violence against black people. Rather than saying that one incident isn't racist. You see what I mean? Whereas now, now this is Sean guy now. Anytime he was presenting something about the Labour Party, he was like, yeah, because I, I'm not saying they're wrong on that. Or 
I'm not saying black people are wrong to think this about me. All I'm saying is read more, research, then decide. Don't just come to your conclusion without reading. And that's all you kept on saying. And I was like, hmm. You never shout on the other guy's opinion. You never shout on the other, whatever opposing opinion was brought to him. Or, 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 or alternative opinion that was brought to him. He just went, huh. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, read it, read mine, then decide. I was like, hmm. If I was voting, if he, if he may have stole my vote, he would have stolen my vote from that. Because I, I was like, well, he doesn't want to expand the bloody ULEZ. I was like, that, that should be enough to make people not vote. <laughs> Maybe we'll not vote for Labour. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, though. It'll be interesting to see how many people watch that. It was interesting to watch the numbers of people who watch the video. I think it's at, like, about 15,000. And I've seen her get way more when she's, you know, interviewing some rapper. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, right. So let's get on to some Duodudro. I am tired of talking, but um, I know listeners like Dear Deirdre, so I should always do it. Um, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Ooh. Ooh. So, Dear Deirdre, my wife got aroused over a lesbian dream, and now I worry it will become reality. Jesus. Dear Deirdre, my wife has become... Oh, no, my wife has become, no, my wife uh, had a lesbian dream and told me the next night. So she told you, thinking it's not a big deal, it's just funny. Or she might have been, you know, trying to be like, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Don't you think it's cool and it turns you on? You know what I mean? I almost feel like that's like how Jaden Smith behaves. Like, I'm not convinced about his behaviour. Like, he's free and open. Um, remember he said Tyler creates his boyfriend and kissed him on stage but it wasn't like a real kiss and then like a few weeks later he, he had a girlfriend and it's like he, he just he's just doing like you know when girls at lesbian to turn on guys almost feel like he's acting gay to turn on gay guys but he's not gay <laughs> I'm just honest. I don't know let's see though uh, anyway she described it in so much detail that we both became very aroused and role-played the scenario how do you role-play scenario you're a man i want my wife to live a fulfilled sex life and we were both very turned on but now i'm concerned she may actually be gay is there more to this we have a great sex life and my wife always achieves orgasm we've been married for 10 years and have two brilliant kids i'm 36 and she's 34 we love each other and are good friends i still find her incredibly attractive and sexy we have we have sex at least a couple times a week and she's obviously satisfied, so I was intrigued when she told me about her dream. It made me think there is so much more for her to experience sexually. I had, in her dream, we were both at a posh wine bar looking for a woman for my wife to have sex with. We find the perfect woman. She is tall, blonde, athletic, and a figure to die for. We make a point of getting to know her, and after a few drinks, my wife leans in to kiss her. My wife then invites this woman back to our place where I watch my wife having sex with her. Hearing her dream made me so aroused, and that night during sex, we talked dirty. Okay. I told her to imagine her dream again and suggested we finish it off together. I also asked her if she would like me to watch, and she agreed. Simply imagining the scenario was incredible, though I realised seeing her pleasure pleasured by another woman could be disconcerting. I want her to have the best sexual experience no matter how kinky or weird they might be. 
is there more to this or is it a passionate heat of the moment thing listen i said it all sounds fun and games sleep with a woman if you're a woman but are you really ready for that when you have a vagina in your face are you ready for that the reality when you see it in the movies and it's all nice and soft lighting and it's all tender and pure and <laughs> a woman knows how to satisfy another woman because she has the same bits it's it's great but are you ready for a lesbian that looks like little wayne to come and turn your life out are you ready for that because <laughs> that's the thing you guys like you don't know how you might be you leading the description of the other woman mate you might be saying she's too blonde and athletic yeah and she's like uh yeah sure and the woman looks like young ma anyway um jeez so careless son pays no notice to covid rules and sleeps around with different women uh, dear, 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 my son takes no notice of the COVID regulations and seems to think he can do what he likes, when he likes. He is 24 and has recently lost his job, so now stays awake at night and sleeps through the day. Just living his best life. His room is a tip, so he must be going around to these women's houses, not inviting back to yours, I guess. Um, he goes out in the evening, meeting his friends in their houses, taking no notice of restrictions. I know he's sleeping with different women too. He doesn't do anything to help me around the house. He won't listen to my concerns that he will bring the virus home. I'm his fifth-year-old mum and I've had enough. I mean, COVID, I guess because COVID is the only virus he's going to bring home, you can catch off him, right? So... I mean, unless he uses your towel to wipe his balls. Um, so, <laughs> I don't, so, what do you do? You just kick him out. He's, he's a man. Um, he'll learn. That's what you do, right? If, you, if people don't follow the rules and your house, just kick him out. So, um, right. Let's see. Last one. Right, last one. Um, Jesus. Uh... I've said Jesus to that now, so let's go. Dear, no, new desires. I read desires as Deirdre. Right, new desires. My husband of 33 years no longer turns me on and I want to cheat. Jesus. I don't think I've ever met anyone who just makes the conscious decision, like before the fact. Usually when you read these dilemmas, it's they've got carried away and then they've retrospectively realised, oh, me and my partner have grown apart and this happened, that happened. This one is like, it's before the fact, go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to cheat. Thursday. Like, what? Um, right, for the, for the 33 years we've been together, I've been faithful to my husband. But now I'm desperate for a lover as he doesn't turn me on anymore. I'm 61, he's 65, we have three grown-up children. We've had a happy marriage, but I don't... Wait, you're 61, who are you cheating with? We've had a happy marriage, but I don't think I'm in love with my husband. Although I do love him very much. Okay. We had a good sex life, but since he was diagnosed with terminal cancer just over a year ago, he has lost all interest. Jesus! Where's the compassion? God, he almost died. You're like, eh. This fucking baby crying over terminal cancer. Like, what's wrong with you? When we do have sex, it's over in the blink of an eye. Leaving him is not an option, but I do wish we could have exciting sex. I dream of having a lover and doing all the things my husband and I used to enjoy. I feel so frustrated. I know it might be a shocking thing to say, but if it wasn't for the lockdown restrictions, I think we'd have already cheated. I think you're overestimating. 
uh, the desire for 61-year-old women. I don't know what you look like. You may be uh, in a special category of 61-year-old women that look fantastic. Um, but again, um, I, I don't. I, I don't know who, what type of. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what type of fisherman are bring you onto their boats, as a 61-year-old married fish in the lake. I don't I don't know. So here's my recommendation to you is when the restrictions are out, go out. Go out. Go out and because and, sometimes when you're in a relationship you believe your the source you had just before you went into the relationship is the source you carry throughout life and you're mistaken that actually that part of that source you're feeling was the attention you got from your current partner, which is a disproportionate amount of attention because they actually liked you so you've now been festering that for 33 years yeah the love he's given you makes you think that's the love you'd get outside the relationship so when you so you go out you go out you walk the streets yeah go to a bar go to a park go to all these different places where men can approach you and watch you not get approached and then have that come back down to reality don't don't take that moment and go all these men were wrong. Go, go back home. Go back to your husband. Refocus and support your terminally ill husband. He's terminally ill. If you really want to cheat, he's gonna die at some point. So you could wait till then. Alright? Anyway, that is the end of the pod. Um well, wife just came into the room. She, I think she thinks I've ended the pod because she came into the room, but it was just serendipitous so uh <laughs> so that is the end of the pod um it's late sorry it's late but you get what you pay for it's a free pod to shut it all right that is the end of the pod all right people uh nope nothing to promote because we haven't opened up yet okay peace